Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say, when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. This is our brand performance podcast. And today it's really exciting. We have Patrick Ward with us. And Patrick comes to us. He is in the marketing and digital sphere. And I think there's so many people that are in that phase. And we understand that we need the presence of marketing in that digital space. And so that's something that we're going to be talking today with Patrick about. But Patrick is the director of marketing for Rootstrap, which is a full-service custom design and development agency that digitally transforms on enterprises like Masterclass, Google, and Quartz, and um, you're a writer by trade. So I'm not going to give it too, you know, just too much away, Patrick, because I really want you to have that, that voice and that leverage, but what should we know about Patrick Ward outside of that quick little snippet of an introduction? Yeah, I think the the number one thing that I always get, and, and this was particularly on LinkedIn, is when I speak for the first time, people go, oh, you're Australian. I thought you would be American or I thought I would hear an American accent. And that is very true. I've lived in Los Angeles for the last four years. And the funny thing is that it took a lot of courage to to make that leap. And, and, And people are always very excited about that story. There is something about moving countries that is you know, even more different than if you just move cities. And I know a lot of Americans who say came from a small town, then they went to the big city for, for college or for work. But, but what is it that, that propelled me to, to jump across an ocean, as I would say? Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us like, what, what about LA? You know, what made you do it, Patrick? I'm curious. LA, I think was that was the easy part of it. I studied at UCLA and I'd also done an internship at uh, MNC Saatchi, which is an ad agency based down in the Santa Monica area. So the, the place within the States was easy. The decision to go, this is where it gets really crazy. Like people <laughs> don't understand when, you know, they thought, oh, well, maybe he was going for the opportunities and that's very true. But when you think about what I left behind, so... 100% of my family is still in Australia. No, one, no one's here. 99% of my friends are still in Australia. I've now obviously since built a, a, a friend and a, a, a big network here in LA, but at the time, still everyone in Australia. And more importantly, I already had a job. I already had an ad agency that I'd been working at for three years. And that was when I was graduating. And I thought, look, this is okay but it's just okay. Right. And that's really what it boiled down to for me. I, I just felt I needed to extend myself. And the way I talk about this is what I like to call a baseline. So my thought was, let's say I go to America and I monumentally fail. Like I just can't get a job. I got no money, nothing works. Well, then I have to bring myself back to Australia, you know, tail between my legs type thing. But 
I'm still at the same level. You know, I could probably get that job again. And so if that's my baseline, if that's my worst case scenario, like the absolute catastrophe, why would I not try to see, you know, what is the upside? What could happen if I pursued America? And um, it obviously turned out to be a very good decision in the end. That's wonderful. Okay. So it pulls at your heartstrings when you say, you know, like my family's back there, my friends. I mean, you really got yourself uncomfortable. Patrick, you took that leap of faith and, you know, we, we teach risk and fear, you know, like we teach confidence and part of confidence is taking risk, right. And overcoming that fear. What enabled you to get through that space though? And, and to thrive, you know, it's been four years and I'm, I'm sure it's been a process for you, but what's allowed that process to really win for you? I think what it really comes down to is a lot of self-awareness. And that is something that I advocate very strongly. I do this exercise. Uh, I used to live in Santa Monica. I'm now Culver City, but I used to live in Santa Monica and there's a Santa Monica airport and right next to it is this big park. And I'm not a one for meditating, you know, sitting down, not doing anything, being still. I, I do need a little bit of movement when I'm sort of thinking about life, processing things. And it clicked for me, finding this little park next to this airport I've always been fascinated with planes. I think that's why I just found that very therapeutic, just wandering past parked planes. And it just allowed me to sort of start to pull out these, these little aspects about myself. Like, what do I like? What do I dislike? I mean, that is as much a key to your career and your life as it is of what you like. Because too many people focus on this is the area that I'm really passionate about. This is my purpose. And that's great. But you also need to mitigate for areas in which are not so great. So what are those areas that would really, you know, what, is, what are the boundaries? I mean, I always give a huge amount of credit. I've, I've had many different jobs over my life. I give a huge amount of credit. I had a job at a, at a call center on behalf of charities and it was just the worst job <laughs> I ever had. Like, like think predatory. This just, you know, is ringing up people in their 60s, 70s, 80s. Nobody wants to hear from you. <laughs> Taking very, like they'd say, oh, I just got my like $200 pension check that's meant to last me for two weeks and I'm going to give you $20. And I'm just like, you know, obviously because all the phone calls were recorded, I have to say, oh yes, absolutely. Let me take your card details inside. I'm thinking, no, stop this. Don't do this. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So that self-awareness, you know, and and what you don't like. How much time have you spent on that, Patrick? Because I mean, I'm a huge advocate of that too. I think those that, you know, really thrive in life have that, that understanding of, you know, what you like or don't like. When did you really know that that was going to be a pivotal piece for you is that self-awareness. Yeah, I would say that there's two aspects to it. There's the the four years, I think, of spending in the States. I think making that initial decision to pursue the States put me in a frame of mind to start investigating that that self-awareness. And honestly, I would say it probably took two to three years in uh, my journey in LA. So really, a lot of this has only come to the fore over the last two years, I would say, where I've really sort of like cracked the code, if you will, of how to become successful in uh, a particular career. 
beyond that, I would say it goes back to when I was 12 years old. This is what set the foundation for me. So in Australia, as with many countries, there is there are rules when it comes to employment. Uh, for Australia itself, it was 14. But my parents said at 12 years old, we will continue to pay for your food. We will continue to pay for your housing. We'll pay for your education. Only high school, not college. It's not very common in Australia to pay for college. And that's it. You want anything else, you need to find a way to pay for it. So I went out thinking, well, this is very challenging. Most of these jobs are not available to me. But I stumbled on one, football refereeing or, or soccer, as many Americans call it. And that was making me a good, you know, $300, $400 a week. Now, at the time, I kind of resented it because I went to a, a pretty prestigious school. A lot of my friends, you know, got lots of money and handouts from their parents. And that was just very common. And there I am slaving away, sometimes in very bitterly cold conditions. I remember one time I was on the top of a mountain uh, where this football field was and it was icy cold winds. Like, and I was there for eight hours. Oh, wow. And you just saw, I, I think it was at 8 a.m., these black clouds rolled over and it's like, well, there's my day going to be miserable. <laughs> but through all that money that I made from that, I remember my first big purchase was, it was about $450 and it was an iPod Classic, which was, you know, the thing at the time. And I kept that iPod Classic for six years in mint condition because I knew what went into it. I knew blood, sweat, tears that went into that purchase. That purchase meant so much to me. And it honestly, I think, catapulted me with a level of self-reliance and independence to be able to know, hey, I can do things for myself. I can make money. I don't Yes, I can collaborate with other people, but I don't have to be dependent on other people. And that was the funny thing. When I turned around to my parents, what, a good eight years or so later and said, bye, I'm off to America. They were like, why are you doing this? And I said, look, this might hurt you right now, but you guys taught me this. You guys taught me I could be independent. You taught me this, this self-reliance and now I'm going to implement it. <laughs> And that's a huge skill set. I mean, a lot of people don't get that opportunity. And I love how you were thinking about it, you know, the way that you share, you know, you, with Australia. I mean, you can, you can go back, right? I mean, the worst thing that can happen is, is you, you know, you don't really lose any traction. You just go back to where you were and you can push a reset button. And I, I love hearing that. And I, I'm sure that that has really fueled you as an entrepreneur. I mean, take us into why the digital space, Patrick? Like, what is it about that that you are so passionate about and that you love doing for other people? I think the key with digital, obviously, being a millennial, you know, you grow up with it and it becomes very natural. What I think has actually led to my the most success in the digital space is my continual appreciation for the analog space or the in real life because so many people and i've seen this particularly in the realm of marketing get so fixated on tactics right there's a huge industry of growth hacking like how can we get more signups for this how can we get more trial participants or, or something like that and it's all so focused on growth hacking that it forgets the bigger picture and honestly, that was the biggest key into having a turning point in my career when rather than just running around doing a million different things, as is very common with, you know, when you're a low level entry in, into 
the digital space. Suddenly I was like, no, I can do this particular part, like writing, copy is something that I'm very good at, design, not so much. So better to partner with someone on that area. And I think that's, it's, it's always important to take yourself back to that first step of why are we doing this, right? So digital obviously amplifies our message, but it is still a message and it is still a message. It's not for bots, it's for humans, right? So what about a human would be interested in this message? And that I think has always been key is like I've started to get some of the, the best results of my career purely because I'm remembering, hey, there's a human on the end of this line. And if I find a way of speaking to them that is compelling, that's going to move the needle far more than if I use whatever the latest, you know, trend or the latest trick or the latest scraping tool. Funny thing is the the scraping tools, yeah, they can get a lot of information and funnily enough, still doesn't work. Right, right. Particularly in the space I'm in now, so many of the deals happen because I take the time to meet the person to sit down over coffee, lunch, dinner, and then suddenly, you know, it's three months, six months go by, and it's through having consistent meetings with that person, then they're suddenly ready to buy. That's not necessarily digital. Digital allows me to keep in touch with them, but it doesn't allow me to to close them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that rapport building. And I recently saw an interview that you did on LinkedIn. Now, I don't remember the gentleman that you were with, but you guys were having a conversation about like meeting with somebody specifically instead of just, you know, having a phone call. And just it's kind of a different level. I mean, yes, we're in the video chat and that's very powerful because that allows us to make our world that much bigger, right? It, it just, it gives us that opportunity. So it's not like I have to hop a plane to go to LA to be in the room with Patrick to do this. I mean, we can make it happen, right? But there's a disconnect there. And um, give us some insight. So you just recently had that, that interview and you hosted it on LinkedIn. You know, what is the power of that personal connection? As you say, you know, it's important to build rapport and, and, and it's a cycle to your success. Give us more insight around that, Patrick. Yeah, I think the key to that comes around the way we communicate. So many people know that uh, 7% of our communication is in text and the remaining 93 is split roughly, you know, 50-50 between tone, um, enunciation, and then the other side being body language and expression. And I'm I'm not exactly sure, but I feel that that's probably the reason why, because I've been trying to unlock this myself. It's like, why even on a video call do you not quite feel the same as you do in person? And I mean, LA has come up with a a terrible LA term for this, but energy, energy, right? But there is something to that. There is a certain level of energy or magnetism that you get from someone when you're in the physical same room as them when you get that presence. A classic example of this is a connection of mine who who now I consider a very dear friend, Richard Moore. He's a sales coach from the UK. I first met him on on LinkedIn probably about, I want to say, middle, middle of 2018 or so. And, you know, we built a connection. We had a few Zoom calls. But our relationship really went to the next level when I went in person to his event, which he held in New York City. And ever since then, you know, when he comes out 
to here. He came out to San Francisco. We went to Vegas together. We went to Miami together. And even though we've only met each other in person, like a handful of times, suddenly that relationship is very strong. And then obviously now you have a foundation, right? Now that you have those in-person memories, you can maintain that relationship through the video, you know, the Zoom or through a phone call if it needs to be, or even through text. But you, to get to that level of a relationship, you've had to have had some in-person contact. And I think that's, I think it's very important. I always tell people, people often express to me their apprehension on traveling. They'll either express it because it's too expensive or they don't have the time. You can always find the time. I found last year, I did a lot of little micro trips. Uh, One of my classic ones I would do was from LA to San Francisco. I would catch a $9 bus from LA to San Francisco, I would stay in a $20 a night hostel. Hostel, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But the experience is amazing. Look at that. Exactly. And and then I could easily go, hey, SF Connections, I'm in town for a couple of days. I actually met, by doing one of those trips, one of my old friends from Australia was in town saw my post on LinkedIn, texted me, said, let's meet up. My flight's out at 8 p.m. I was arriving at three o'clock in the afternoon. We spent like two, three hours in a bar with each other and it was great. Yeah. So it's that connection. Yeah. And I love hearing that. I mean, so, you know, what I'm taking away too is by listening to you, Patrick. I mean, yes, you like, you know, the digital sphere and and like the marketing component. But what I'm hearing is you're more of a humanitarian and you're more of a people connector. And I think that's why that digital space is so rich and so effective for you because you know how to tie it all together. And a lot of people don't. There's a, there's a really big disconnect, I think, that happens there. And so as, as an entrepreneur and somebody's maybe listening to this episode, what's your greatest advice for somebody who is maybe struggling in that space of trying to connect some of those dots? I mean, like from your experience and what you're sharing here, What advice or tips or pointers do you have for that person? I think the biggest tip often comes with content creation. Uh, So a lot of entrepreneurs ask, how do you write in such a compelling way? And the, the thing that unlocked it for me is to write the way you speak. Because when you can write the way that you speak, suddenly it will resonate so much more deeply with other people. And the way you can measure yourself against that is if you start getting comments or feedback from people who've, who've read your content and said, I read this in your voice or this sounds just like you, if you're getting that feedback loop, that means you're on the right track. Because so many people, when they create content or particularly copy, try and do it in a certain way that they think is, oh, this is best practices or maybe they've seen a format on a particular platform that works particularly, you know, quote unquote, well, the key is if you wanted to go viral, don't copy what other people do to go viral. You need to go viral in your own way because at the end of the day, the way I teach people about going viral is you need this group of people to be really passionate about what you're saying. And then that will spread to this group and then this group and then this group that only happens when you're actually being you. 
And then the other piece of advice that goes hand in hand with that is so many entrepreneurs feel they have to be across every single platform or every single medium. Please, please, please don't do this. I started my career as a digital strategist and for a finance conglomerate and I was basically tasked, okay, you need to manage Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, all of it, Instagram, you name it. When I was given a task afterwards, I, I, I was fortunate enough to have an executive suite member really champion me. And when he gave me the go-ahead to diminish the rest of them and focus on one, uh, in the time it was uh, Twitter, funnily enough, uh, Twitter paid advertising, suddenly the results shot through the roof. You don't have to be everywhere. You just need to be really good where you are because that's what's going to cut through the clutter and therefore that will make your startup or your business successful because suddenly you have this thriving community on a particular platform that really loves your stuff. And then, of course, please take them offline. Talk to them in person. Arrange events for them. Meet them up for coffee because don't don't stick on the platform. I mean, that's amazing advice. And I think you're right because, and I think what we've, we've learned too, that each one of those platforms has a different language in essence, right? I think you talk different on Twitter than you do on LinkedIn. Instagram is a totally different vantage point. And so I think it's really, really important just to validate what you're saying, Patrick, is, you know, know what it is that you're trying to accomplish. You know, like what is your voice? And then what is the richest place for that? Now, for me, I love LinkedIn, right? I love LinkedIn. Now, Twitter, not my friend. I, I just don't like her for whatever reason, which is fine because I just am not the Twitter person. I'm the connector. I like to like listen and learn and, and connect in a different way. And that's that LinkedIn platform. Plus that's where the audience is, but very rich. I mean, it's very, very important that people know how to do that. Okay. So Patrick, where can we find you? We're coming into the end of the episode. And for those of us that like want to learn more about you, add you to our circle of influence, where can we find you on social? LinkedIn is number one. Yes, I am on the other ones, but honestly, uh, I, I check my LinkedIn messages honestly more than my email sometime, which is sometimes problematic. So linkedin.com slash IN slash Patrick James Ward, all one word. Excellent. Okay. And that's how I connected with you, right? I saw you exactly. out there and, and I think Mark Metry, uh, Mark was one of our podcast guests and then we kind of started a fun chatter. And I think that's what's so fun is because you have like instantaneous connectivity with people. And I think people are just like you, you're rich, right? Your, your tribe will kind of connect and be like, you're somebody that I would love to know. So thank you for this. This has been an absolute delight. I know our audience is eating it up and listening to you know, how you've been able to be the traveler that you are and how you've navigated the digital space. And I think there's just a lot to be said there. So thank you so much for your time on that. Thank you, Marlo. This has been an absolute joy and a, a true pleasure. Absolutely. All right. So to learn more about Patrick Ward, you can also visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can connect Patrick to your circle of influence and add him to your tribe. And if this this episode left you inspired, you can go over to our Perform and Get Paid Facebook page where you can connect and collaborate. We'll keep the conversation alive there. So um, thank you so much. And uh, thank you for being on this episode. Thanks, Milo. As your chief inspirational officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance and sales. Let's continue the conversation. Join me at www.maverickcommunity.com where you can message me directly. Did you like this podcast? 
If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to increase revenues and sales, plus personal insights from me that I only share in email, get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the work with me tab to schedule a call. Did you know that we offer a monthly workshop series? Maverick U is for leaders who want to recognize, inspire, and motivate their teams to higher performance. Once again, visit marlohiggins.com to register. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe and leave a review. Tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.